just as it has always been. When our memories of the ancient world fade into twilight, a new era dawns to fill the void. Only the stories remain. The legends, the tales, the lore of a civilization. They say history is written by the victors, and clearly Scott Luther and Matt Coma are winning. Big time. They are the podcasters, the inventors, the architects of change, the builders of a better tomorrow. They strive, they dream, they inspire, always towards something greater. All the odds they defy, the risks they take, the hate mail and ridicule they endure, only makes them stronger. There's no end to Scott and Matt's imagination, and no limits to the South Richfield Podcast. J.P. Meredith in Chicago saying, have a good show, guys. It's bound to happen eventually. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the South Richfield Podcast. Uh, this is Scott Luther, and we're coming to you live today with Matt Coma and his son, Jack Coma. Hey, guys. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Good. We're, uh, we're actually recording this one at my house in my studio, all three of us. So usually we're, we're doing this remote, so this is a special treat. Yeah, you know the surprising thing about it is I didn't realize you looked like this. <laughs> well, I didn't realize you looked like this with the beard and it's uh, it's going gray a little. Oh, that's just powdered donuts. Well, I, <laughs> you could do just for men yeah, well, if you want like a... Uh, that'd be like how I did in college when I had that experimentation well, Keith Hernandez and who is it, Clint Frazier? Yes. There, or is that who it is? Yeah. Or Clyde Frazier? Clyde, Clyde Frazier? Yeah. Was that his name? Frazier. Who was it, Jack? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know your NBA Knicks from the 70s? Mm -hmm. oh. Not too well. Okay. You know what I'm noticing, though? You and Jack look a lot alike. Oh, I'm sorry. Where, where were you... 2005, maybe June-ish. June-ish of 05. Let's see. Well, it was before our one-year anniversary, Rachel and I, so I don't know. We're going through a rough patch. Yeah. Huh. I'm heading huh. on a trip back to Cleveland for some reason. I don't know why. Hmm. hmm. Anyway, so, so Jack is here. Yes. And it's his first appearance on the podcast, and... I don't know how many of you guys know this, but Jack is a chess wizard, right? I guess. I guess. <laughs> He's pretty good. You know, I, I don't normally uh, brag about my kids. I usually rag on them a little bit, shove them around, yeah. face in the mud. But Jack's a pretty good chess player. He uh, just recently competed in the Nationals, and in his, uh, in his bracket or section, in his section... He placed 31st in the nation, and so I'm super, super proud of him for that. And there's only 50 states, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. And they had kids from Washington, D.C. How about Puerto Rico? I don't remember. Actually, all 50 states were represented except, except Alaska. Except Alaska. Wow. This was in, in Nashville, where we went. And uh, Jack placed the highest for many kids in Ohio in his section. And what was the other thing? Oh, as far as the fifth graders go, because his, his section was K through eight, placed. I'm trying to remember which. I think I placed like fifth. Fifth, fifth grade. I don't remember that one, but uh, yeah, I was really, really proud of him. The only thing was that he didn't get any prize money, but he did get a trophy. Well, you can't have everything. Yeah. But that's I. I always kind of rag on Rachel that she doesn't enter the races where she can win money. She just gets all these medals. And, you know, we need a special place in the house just for her running medals. She's uh, Today she's at a race right now, but she probably won't win because I think she's going to run with Nolan. On her back? <clears throat> exactly. 
Hey, Wade. Do you want to come in? I didn't know you were there. Wade just walked in to the studio. He was playing Minecraft. And that kind of goes with part of our theme today, video games. Yeah. And games in general. So we... We're, we brought up the chess because obviously chess is a strategy game mm -hmm. and one of my favorite games of all time is Civilization by Sid Meier yeah. and I don't know do you know about Sid Meier Wade but you know about Civilization yeah. you just know that I'm always sitting at the computer playing it but I've been playing Civilization since 1991 when it first came out and Sid Meier is a Canadian American he was born in Ontario and went to University of Michigan. We won't hold that against him. <laughs> well, we've been to the University of Michigan. Uh-huh. Sorry to our Ohio State fans out there. It's a beautiful campus. Yeah. We, we, we went and speaking of games. We saw uh, Chelsea versus Real Madrid yeah. in the big house. It was an amazing event. We were up there like the week before that game, and I wish I had known... I, I think I found out too late and it was sold out, but yeah, but they they do that I think every year. Um, yeah, they travel. A couple teams come and play friendlies. But anyway, back to Sid Meier. Sid Meier. So he he went to Michigan, <clears throat> and he founded a a gaming company called Microprose in 1982, and he started making simulation games, and one of his first big games was called F19 Stealth. Fighter. It was like a flight simulator. Wow. So he uh, he was making these games and then started, he made a game called Sid Meier's Pirates, which I don't know if you guys have seen. It's come out again. Then in 1990, he made the game that got me hooked on, hooked on computers, really, even though I had bought my first computer when I was 10. Um, Pong. It, he made Railroad Tycoon. Oh, well, I remember you uh, playing that instead of going to college, Mr. and Mrs. Luther. <laughs> it's true. I spent a lot of time uh, probably skipping class and playing games, which I wouldn't recommend because it's really a waste of your money. Totally. But. You built a great railroad <laughs> system. I learned probably more from Railroad Tycoon than I would have if I had gone to biology class probably learn a lot about economics exactly that's the way those games are set up and about business mm -hmm. it gives you real life scenarios you, you talked about a flight simulator it's almost like a business simulator right and let's try to think of other rationalizations <laughs> as to why you get a d in the class <laughs> <laughs> but so in 1990 he made railroad tycoon uh and i i first played that over at marty Ortel's house his dad had this game mm -hmm. and i'd go over and i'd be like what what's this game this is awesome and uh He's like, it's Railroad Tycoon. Except that's not Mr. Rattel's accent. He doesn't really have an accent. So I played it, and I'm like, I need to buy a computer just so game. I can play this game. Because I had a Commodore 64 at the time. And it didn't. you couldn't buy PC games for that. Well, that was a cartridge system, right? Uh, no, it no, had... No, that was like the it, TI, wasn't it? They had, I think... Hmm, I think they had cartridges, and you could buy a external hard drive. Hmm. Floppy... Floppy drive, I'm sorry. All right. With five and a quarter yeah. inch disc. So I went to Sears and bought a computer. How, how old are you at this point? 18. 18. I, I, this was a 386. Yeah. And it's a 386. To, to buy your 386. I did. Do you remember how what the price was? It was it was like $1,500 or $2,000 for this computer. In 1990, roughly, right? Yeah. So I bought this thing and on brought it home on a Sears credit card for 22% interest. It was crazy. It pro yeah. I think I had some some 0% financing period for a while, but that soon went away after I didn't pay the thing off in a year because uh, I was in college and didn't really make any money. Right. <laughs> so cautionary tale of we, that's a whole nother podcast. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So he came out with, uh, 1991, he came out with Civilization. I'm like, Sid Meier came out with a new game, Civilization. I bought it, and I was hooked on this game. And I'd spend hours, I'd, I'd stay up all night when I well, play this. people what's so, the concept of Civilization? What is it about? So Civilization 
is a 4x turn-based game. And the 4x's in a 4x game are explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. So you, you, you are pretty much exploring a landscape, exploiting its uh, natural resources, building your empire, expanding your empire, and exterminating other civilizations that might be in your way. Or you can practice diplomacy. I'm more of a diplomacy type player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't like to exterminate everyone, even though I did that just the other night. <laughs> Never mind what you do. <clears throat> Yeah. <laughs> it's what you say. It's what <laughs> So he came out with Civilization in 1991. And last year, I know we mentioned this on the podcast, but Civilization uh, 6 came out in 2016. On my birthday, I think it's a sign. Yeah. 25 years after the first one came out, his sixth one came out. I, I could see them at their studios up in... Uh... Uh, Saskatchewan, <laughs> where uh, they're about to release the whole game, and Sid Meier says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Everybody, stop! Someone find out where uh, Scott Luther's birthday is." Exactly. And they said, uh, uh, "Hey, uh, boss, uh, I think that it's." <laughs> they were in the jazz club at the time, listening to the marimba, <laughs> which are really popular in Saskatchewan. <laughs> Play the scales again, eh? Yeah. But they found out when your birthday was. I think they released it on, on on your birthday for you. They may have. Because you're really the uh, the only guy out there <laughs> that has been with them the whole time. No, I'm sure there's other people. Oh. I'm sure, because... But see, you guys wouldn't know each other because you're always on the computer playing the whole time <laughs> instead of interacting with them. Well, there's else. lots of like message boards and stuff you can go to about this game. And I know there's a guy at work paul and he he doesn't really play anymore because i think his wife threatened to leave him oh. if <laughs> because he was he was probably worse than i am from what i from talking to him he was addicted and i don't know if he'd skip work and not shower and stuff like that but he uh he had a he had a, an addiction and had to get help or have an intervention. I'm not sure what happened. I completely understand because when uh, we were roommates in college, you had this game, and I'd look over your shoulder and I'd be going, "What? What's that heap of clothes over there?" <laughs> I swear I just picked the room up, but I, you know, I'd get closer to it, and then you know, Woo! it was actually it was Scott who was yep. sitting in the chair, still playing the game. And I, I thought, well, what's this all about? And me watching you play, I could just sit and watch you play the game. And there is something about the games that is inherently addictive. Mm -hmm. uh, so <clears throat> I feel for you, Paul. I understand. <laughs> I was addicted just watching you play. Yeah. And Jack, you play one of the versions of the yeah. game. Civilization Revolution. Do you play, is that the PS3 version? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can finish one of those games in three hours, maybe yeah. four hours tops. But the game, the computer game, takes a lot longer, does it not? It does. I've played games, a single game for a couple months. If you pick the hugest map and tons of civilizations to play against, it can... Obviously, I'm not playing straight through, but it'll just take months for me to finish one game. There's games I've abandoned because it's just taken way too long. <laughs> but this one I started... Um, this one I started just this week. I think I'm Rome. This is Civ Six, and I picked a, a small map with only six civilizations on it. So in the game, you can pick historic uh, civilizations throughout time. You can play, pick the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. uh, you can pick the Egyptian Empire. So you play as all these different civilizations of the Americans, the Germans. The Indians, Indians, Chinese, Chinese Japanese. Japanese. They have tons. They have Polish. Polish now. Really? They always yeah. go the wrong direction from which one you pick, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. I said this way. Yeah, Jadwiga, I think is how you... I don't know how you pronounce the name, but that's the name of the uh, leader. Okay. She's, she's quite fierce. The Polish have a special culture bomb in this game. If you build a... Like a fort or something next to another sieve's tile it'll 
automatically take tiles from that civilization and add them to yours. Okay. And so each of these civilizations have their own strengths and weaknesses. They have their own, own unique abilities, unique units, mm -hmm. and unique buildings. The game generates a world map for you that has oceans and lakes and mountains and farm fields and forests and deserts and places your civilization starting out as settlers at a spot and you're competing against all these other civilizations that are randomly generated as well. So then based on your strengths and your abilities you, uh, that, that are particular to your civilization, you try to carve out a spot on the map? Yeah, you look for a good spot to build a city with the best natural resources. There might be, um, there might be like a, a deer, like, so there's good hunting there. There might be livestock. Uh, good for farming and and or there might be um, like gold or silver so there might be luxury resources that you can mine and trade you can make trades with other civilizations try to take advantage of them maybe they have cotton and you have coal and you can trade back and forth I'll give you four so, cotton for two coal right exactly you try to take advantage of these other players but the computers uh, won't accept an unfair trade Unless they're afraid of you, so so Jack on your on your version on Civ Revolution, um, what's your favorite strategy um, in these games? Just to like get great people and win by my culture, just so cities. You're more of a culture player yeah. instead of a a, a, a military <laughs> type player. I was Have, at the beginning, but no, I'm not. You you used to just crush everyone. Strategy has evolved. So, well, you you like to build one city, or is it two cities you like to build? Well, one. One city. Well, actually, make... two because of the gold settlers. Oh, oh okay. And then uh, allow that city to expand, and then what? Then just can attack everything else, and then just win culture. Okay. And so you, as that city grows in size, because the the population continues to grow, uh, it grows, and you you build. Uh, like, uh, what do you call them? Temples and cathedrals? Or? Yeah, or wonders of the world. Oh, yeah. And that helps the, uh, the, the culture of your city grow, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Hanging Gardens of Babylon yeah. was my favorite. Yeah, so what is it? Say that again, what's your... Um, Hanging Gardens of Babylon. What does that do for you? Um, increases your city's population by 50%. So the growth rate of yeah. your population increases by 50%. And as the size of your city grows, the influence of your culture grows. And what happens if the influence of your culture, which is shown on the screen, touches another city? Like it converts here. it. It converts it to you. So let's say that you're the uh, Romans. the Romans, and you built this massive city uh, whose culture influence touches uh, a, an Egyptian city. Well, they'll, they'll decide that they want to float and be part of your culture. Yeah. And then that city kind of expands because it's part of your culture and kind of grows sort of like a big amoeba yeah, yep, and, and then mm -hmm. continues to absorb other cities. Like, yesterday I converted three cities on one turn, so that was fun. All from one big centralized city. Yeah. So that's the way you like to play. Wow. What way do you like to play, Scott? Well, you know, as the game has has changed, different, different editions. So Civ Four, which came out in 2005, was the first one that really did... <clears throat> what Jack's talking about where the culture can convert cities they don't really do that any in Civ 6 I can't remember if they had it in Civ 5 I don't think they did but Civ 4 was one of my favorites because of that reason where you you could convert cities Civ Revolution uh, you can obviously do that but the ways I've been winning lately are through through culture uh, I've had science victories where you have to be the first to launch your spaceship and colonize another planet. Beta Centauri. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you can... <laughs> you can... <laughs> I, I just had a, a domination victory. And... Oh! That's where you stick the red ball in the other thing. Right? <laughs> or is that... That's no, no, that's... <laughs> that's podcast. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> There's a, a religion victory. Okay. Which, That's new. yeah, you can, in, in this version, you can start your own religion. 
then send out missionaries and apostles mm -hmm. to spread spread the good word right. of Lutheranism. I've heard of that. That's <laughs> catchy. And try to convert all these cities around the world That's to your religion. Yeah. And if you can get every other civilization uh -huh. to have a majority of their cities following your religion, you win a religion victory. Okay. So I've done that. I did that as Australia. And I played on a earth map. So every civilization, I think I had 12 civilizations, they started in their true earth location. So England was up in where England was. And it was a, it's obviously a huge map. Yeah. So I started down in Australia, kind of isolated. And Australia is kind of just <laughs> desert uh -huh. in the middle. Yeah. So... I had all these cities around the coast and then I expanded to like Indonesia and New Zealand and then I made sure that I was the first people to get to America <laughs> where all the resources are where there were tons of good resources so I tried to develop my sailing early and mm -hmm. and everything I wasn't sure if anybody would be there cuz I didn't know who the other leaders were until I met them all and I'm like ooh if Brazil, Brazil might be in South America, or maybe Washington. You know, America already has Washington. I, I don't, I don't think anybody was there though. So I managed to make it, and some other. I think Spain may have made it over, but uh, I converted every other civilization to kangarooism. Kangaroo. <laughs> I don't remember what I called it, but you can make up the names. I think it. Mine had a lion symbol. Oh, well, that's and. Because I think... Uh, Are there any lions in Australia? <laughs> How would you have known about that? <laughs> Divine intervention, of exactly. course. That sounds like Aslanism. <laughs> Lion, the witch, and the wardroism. It might have been something like that. So do you play anymore? Do you do you play... I, you know, I didn't for a really long time because much like your friend Paul, I found myself being addicted to it and staying up all hours playing. And this is the Civilization Revolutions game, which is very much a shorthand version designed to be done in four hours. So I would pl play it on, you could play on all these different levels. And uh, yeah, I would find myself playing it just because every single game is, it's always different. Yeah. There's always some new challenge or new wrinkle that, that always keeps it interesting. So I stopped playing for a, a, a very long time, maybe even years. And yeah. in fact, deleted all the work, stuff that I had done on the computer, all the records. Because I, I had won with every single civilization, every single way you could win at the very highest level. And I said, okay, I've done everything I can do. I'm, I'm done. I have nothing left to prove. Right, right. So then Jack starts playing, and I'm watching him. They're going, no, 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 you got to do this. No, Jack, go, go, Jack. I said, go that way. Jack, I said, go that way. Ah, oh, you just ruined it. So I'm making it really fun for him. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and uh, so let me show you how it's done. So I, I just actually started playing again, and I lost like that. <laughs> Now, this is just the Revolution? Just version? the Revolution. Game. Is that on the PC, too? Or are you playing on the We're PlayStation? We're playing on the PlayStation only. Okay. So, uh, but what's really interesting, and I don't know, I, I can't remember how the computer game is. Yeah, it's it's kind of nerdy and dorky playing all this stuff. But my kids, and my daughter, who's just you know sat over just rolling her eyes, watching me absorb myself into this, or watching Jack absorb himself into this, you learn so much about just that these different cultures existed and who important people were in those cultures. Mm -hmm. And the, the game allows, it has a cyclopedia that you can go through and learn what, why was the Great Wall important to uh, China? And why was gunpowder a, a, a revolutionary invention? Um, and what is the import, importance of alphabet writing? And part of the game is, as your, your civilization discovers a technology, it allows you to discover a whole bunch of others. So you see this tree of technology grow, mm -hmm. and you kind and you do develop a real instinct for what it took for these civilizations to develop and why they fell, because they didn't develop certain technologies or they didn't have certain resources available to them. Have you seen the book called uh, Crime and Punishment? No, not Crime and Punishment. Crime and Punishment. Uh, that's a that's a different <laughs> book. <laughs> called. Uh, Guns, Germs, Yes. That is a fascinating read. Yeah. That's like a, 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 a textbook, really, on what, what has allowed civilizations to rise and fall. You know, you think, well, why was 
you know, why why did in, in Africa why did you know certain uh, civilizations not rise up and continue to to expand, or in China why did the civilization be, why did they learn to be able to write in the in Australia where human beings had settled for forty thousand years have been why did they only rise to a, a hunter gatherer level and the the book goes through it and what it, uh, the thesis of the author comes down to is the availability of certain resources. Mm -hmm. And if a culture did not have those resources available to them, well, they could only get to a certain level. You know, if, if, you, don't have, if you don't have water, you can't irrigate your crops, basically. So, or if you don't have oil, you're going to have a squeaky door. <laughs> well, Rachel always says I should oil that door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You've been in the house nine years now? Yeah. You, well, I, you're still... So that means that the, the ceiling fan still has got another two years before you put that in. I might do that this summer. I've got some electrical work to do this probably this weekend. Uh -huh. um, I have a light switch that won't turn off now. It it There's resistance, That's so... That's a fire hazard. Well, no. <laughs> it could be. So I've, I, bought the, I bought the switch uh -huh. to replace that. Um, so I have to do that. That's going to take me six hours, probably. Um, I'll need to figure out which circuit circuit it's on so I can not kill myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't I don't really like doing electrical work, <laughs> but I've done two ceiling fans already, and I figure I can do this one too. All right. We'll we'll see. How about feeding um, in your backyard? I didn't do that ceiling fan. Who did? The the builders put that one in. Is that the one with the camera on it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the only problem is it just keeps going round and round. You get dizzy. <laughs> when oh. I tried watching that video from that ceiling fan cam, it's just you gotta drop a few <laughs> dramamine before you turn it up. Unless you put it on low speed, or you can do a slow slow motion playback. I guess with slow speed and everything is lined up just right, <laughs> and you have your refresh rate. Yeah. So, well, back to the point about the the guns, uh, germs, and and steel. It's a a really fascinating book. Uh, that I that I read every time I go into Barnes and Noble and don't buy anything. <laughs> I just sit down and read that for a while. And uh, but it, it, it the point I was getting to is the kids really learn a lot from this video game. It's not just a shoot 'em up thing where you blow things up or race stuff around. There's so much that they learn. And actually, in Jack's class and in Sydney's class, in their social studies classes, they know so much about what they're being taught already. Just, right. Just from absorbing what's going on in this game, which, you know, isn't a, a crash course in this stuff. It's just giving you piecemeal uh, little bits of information. So it's, it's highly educational and, and in addition to being addictive. Yeah. So it's like being uh, heroin uh, mainline through PBS. Sydney's <laughs> <laughs> taking a college course on history, so... Yeah. Sydney's taking a college course level on, uh, on history. And she's able to handle a lot of that. Well, she's smart, just in general. Mm -hmm. uh, she gets that from her mom, thank goodness. And, uh, and Jack as well. Um, but, <laughs> you know, she's absorbed a lot of it from watching the game. And I think she's played it a few yeah, times, too. Yeah, like, on, like, the very lowest level. She's not cool. Oh. She's the lowest. She's <laughs> <laughs> the lowest. So it, it is a, a, a good game. And in fact, I think in eighth grade, don't or seventh grade, don't they actually... Have oh, ninth grade, I think. In ninth grade, they actually use it as a teaching tool. Wow. So, yeah. Just like the history of the entire world. It's interesting. You ever see, yeah, <laughs> you ever see that YouTube video? <laughs> what, what is it called? The history of the entire world, I guess. It's got some naughty language, but... Still, okay. It's still good. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. It's about a 20-minute video, I think, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't have 20 minutes. <laughs> I have to play Civilization. Yeah, it's coming to your time. <laughs> what the heck? So the newest version of Civilization has um, some different trees. So there's civics trees and ideology trees. Not physical trees that are growing out of the ground. Right. Okay. But you're learning um, as you develop culture, it, it, you get to choose different, tr different branches of civics and different ideologies for your civilization. So you can get bonuses based on what type of leader you want to be, what type of ideology you want to follow. Right. So you might want to be, you might want to have diplomatic relations with city-states, and there's city-states in these new games. 
like you might have Jerusalem or because you're not going to have is yeah yeah exactly actually Sparta is one of the civil uh the Spart Spartans are one of the civilizations in this late, latest versions but I've seen I think I've seen Sparta be a city state Toronto because <laughs> the Canadians are not in this game uh Stockholm you can influence these city states and kind of be their protector you can borrow their you could pay to use their military it's kind of it's kind of neat so um so there's a lot of strategy and, and there's levels of thinking that are involved in this that are, help uh, fragile little minds develop right and i would recommend i mean i recommend the game the fifth one was the fourth one was probably my my favorite up until this one the fifth one was a little probably not as exciting i guess it's still really good and if you look at any all-time greatest games list you're gonna find civilization on it in fact sid meyer was uh, ranked second on ign's list of top game creators of all time i don't know who was first but the guy who came up with tic-tac-toe <laughs> it could have been, could been or the guy who came up with the uh, the fidget, fidget spinner. The fidget spinner. Mr. Fidget. Yeah. I mean, how long is that fidget spinner fad going to last? Um, as long years. as the uh, romp him. <laughs> <laughs> you see guys running down the street with the fidget spinners. These fidget spinners are everywhere. Do you have a fidget spinner, Jack? Uh, yeah. I spent $18 on it. Yeah? Was it worth it? No. <laughs> that was You're smart. Lesson. You're smart. Now, Nolan just spent $10. We went to the exchange. Do you remember the exchange? It's at the corner. It's by Summit Mall. So it's at the corner of Gent and 18th. Gent and 18th. And it's by the tire store. So if you turn left onto 18 and go towards Target and Fairlawn and Skyway, right. on the left, there's this little like CD exchange place. It's like a music store. It's been there for 40 years. Really? It was there when we were in school. And I, I, it was there I hadn't been there in a long time. So we went in there. They have Atari games, Atari 2600 games. They have Nintendo games, the original. Mm -hmm. They've got all this stuff. So Nolan sees, what was it, Wade? What? A Game Boy Advance game. A Mario Kart game. Oh, yeah. He's like, I want that game. It's 10 bucks. I'm like, all right, you have to pay me 10 bucks when we get home. All right. He only had $6. Well, he only had $6, but I fronted him the $4. So <laughs> He's good for it. Huh? <laughs> I still haven't seen the $6. Because <laughs> I I don't know. I just don't collect. I, you need a loan shark. I, I do. I need, I need to send Wade in there, bust him in the kneecaps, and get my $6. So he's already ready to trade this game back in because it was not what he thought. Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. I And he doesn't even... He can't find his DS that had the cartridge slot in the back. That was, you know, the first DSs you could put the cartridges the in. Yeah, yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. well, they have um, one of the Nintendo DSs has a spot for cartridges, too. And I have one of those. So I let him use mine. And he's like, oh, this isn't very good. The graphics aren't very good. I'm like, this game's from 1998 or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> in 1998, it was phenomenal. It was great. I'm like, what? And do you ever buy the games with, like, the old Atari games you can get, like, as a collection on your PlayStation 4 or Xbox? Oh, really? They have, like, the classic games. They're just not that great. Uh, not as, like, as great as you remember them. Not as, I mean, they were great back then. Yeah. But you don't have, like, I was playing Circus Atari, and that was one where you had this guy on a seesaw, and you had to catch the other guy that was flying through the air, and you used the paddles to move your seesaw back and forth and try to catch them. Uh -huh. Well, you can't really do that on a controller as well. Okay. So I kept missing. I'm like, this game was awesome when I was a kid and now I can't play <laughs> I can hardly play it. So, and then we played uh, Centipede and Warlords, but again, Warlords is a paddle game, so that wasn't very good mm -hmm. uh, with, a, with a regular controller. But they, uh, maybe I'll buy a, a Atari 2600. I have one in the garage but I think I just need to buy the paddles or maybe the thing to connect it to your TV. And then you'll have, just like Nolan had, 
buyer's remorse. Why did I spend it to watch this little rectangle with a, another little rectangle hanging off that move from one side of the screen to the other? Well, I was thinking um, the other day I was talking to someone. I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if I got, just for the heck of it, when the kids were gone, I would take all the TVs out of the house or put them in the basement or something and just put a bunch of like 13-inch black and whites in their place and like take the PlayStation and Xbox and hook up an old Atari and say, this is what it used to be like. And you could only get like three channels. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how it's going to be and you're going to like this it. Is good. This is this is it. And then, you know, I'd leave it like that for a week or whatever. Uh-huh. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple of days. I don't know if I could handle that. But uh, We well, have it locked in the basement. We're just you have the key. <laughs> and then they would be a lot more appreciative of mm-hmm. what we have now. Yeah. I don't know, Jack, would that make you? Yeah, yeah, probably. Wade, do you think this is a good idea? If I got rid of all the TVs and put old TVs in there? Yeah. Okay, like a 19-inch color. That's the that's gonna be the biggest TV in the house. My mom still has a uh, tube TV um, in her house. I think it's like a 27-inch. I know it's huge. And uh, it's fa- and I I, wa- I can't watch the thing. I look at it and my eyes, it's like it shimmies and it shakes in the picture. I, uh-huh. I, I can't watch it. There's a slight curve that's throwing you off yeah. on the screen. Yeah. And every every uh, birthday or uh, Mother's Day or holiday, <laughs> comes, I'm gonna get you a new TV. I'm gonna buy you a new TV. Just do it. Yeah. <clears throat> More for my, my own sanity. We're saying it's fine. She says we'll just we'll just watch it until it, it, it goes out, and then we'll get something new then. A 23 inch TV. Anything that would be just a, a picture that's a normal flat screen picture would be fine. You could probably go to the garage sales today and find one probably. cheap somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably go find a twenty dollar uh, flat screen TV somewhere in Richfield today. I bet you know somebody that's trading out their fifty five inch for getting the seventy inch now. Because <laughs> you can't just throw away those things anymore. So I already made my first garage sale purchase. Okay. I've actually made two. I went to the church and dropped off stuff. But while I'm there, everyone else has dropped off their stuff. I'm like, ooh, let's let's look around. Yeah. And so I bought four trivets with roosters on them, and uh, I'm going to use them to decorate my studio. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're in the middle of, uh, you know, trying to get this place whipped into shape. Mm-hmm. And then I bought um, portable DVD uh, travel players with two screens. Because oh, okay. we, we have a set, but one of the screens went out. So the last time we went on a road trip, it was working, and then all of a sudden, like in the middle of the the trip down to Cincinnati, Wade's screen stopped working. So Nolan only had a screen. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to buy a new set because I, I tried to fix it. I couldn't. But then I found it for 10 bucks, a whole a whole set, full set of uh, DVD with two screens. All right. So 10 bucks right instead of 50 or whatever I was yeah. going to pay at Amazon. That's a really good deal. Yeah. So Even if it goes out in uh, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I right. I know the screens are a lot smaller than the ones we have in our car. Well, maybe not that much, but I think it'll still work out, right, Wade? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna each give. I have another portable DVD player that we had before he was born, but it's only one screen. So I was gonna give them each one so they could watch their own stuff mm-hmm. on our next trip. Yeah, that's really neat. All the stuff that kids have nowadays. So, now, did you ha- did you have something in the car on your trip out here, Jack? My iPad. Your iPad, see? Yeah. Do you download movies onto it before, or no, do you I just play games? I just play games. Do you have Civilization on there? No, that's not a game yet on the Apple devices. Hmm. I have it on my ma- iPad, Civ Revolution. Really? Yep. Looks like you might have to delete something out of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the one that I'm... Uh... Nobody else will like this, but it's it's like a oh, Madden. Coach? Yeah, it's like NFL Madden. It's a video game for from about uh, 2009. It is the greatest video game I have ever played. It's called NFL Head Coach, and if nice. you if you are a football fan, you will love this game. It is a strategy based football game where you are kind of the coach and GM of any of the 32 football teams. 
and the and the the game randomly generates uh, new players. So you, you have all the players that are up through 2009 in the NFL, and you can create your own plays, and you can um, hire assistant coaches and trainers and position coaches, and uh, do all the all the things that you would in a team and negotiate contracts and when you actually are playing a game it's not like Madden where you're controlling the player it is truly like a coach you're calling the play against the AI of the computer and um, based on the the strengths of your team that you've developed over the, over that week of practice you see how you do but the game is so deep and so layered and so uh, so Byzantine in its uh, and it's levels that you can get into that you, you it's, like, it's like going down a rabbit hole with it. Like, uh, don't let your friend Paul Novak, <laughs> head coach. And, but the problem is, or maybe the great thing is, is the game never sold well because every, a football game, everybody wants to play the right. players. They want to throw the pass. They want to run the running back. They want to kick the ball, <laughs> whatever it is you do. And in this, you can't. You're, it's like you're a coach on the sideline, again, calling the plays and seeing how what, it, what it's measuring, what it's gauging, is how well you've prepared your players and how well you've drafted players and um, what kind of players you've put in on, on your team. But uh, it is by far the greatest game I've ever played. And any Madden system that has come out, even the, the latest, there, you know, there's aspects of this game because the guy who, the, the lead designer of head coach is now the lead designer of Madden. So there's elements that they've brought over, but none of the latest versions of Madden really come close to how deep this game is. And again, it's almost 10 years old in its development. That's how great this thing was. But people, it's not a, a game that you sit down and, and like you play with Madden where it's go, go, go. It's right. You are constantly moving, making changes in the game, but uh, it, it's all very cerebral in, in this play. Some of my favorite video games to play. I don't like a lot of shoot 'em up, but I did get into Call of Duty for a little while because there were some people at work who said, "Hey, let's all get the latest version of Call of Duty." And we all had PlayStation threes. This was years ago, mm-hmm. and yeah. we all played together and would talk and form a squad and go out and and mm. play online and and hunt other people down. So that was fun. But I like FIFA. I like MLB The Show. I like all the sports games. Um, if I'm not playing my my civilization or there's another game called Banished, it's on the PC. You start with a group of settlers, like ten people, and you make a town, and you have to do the same thing: go out and cut down trees and build your houses and build different. Like you build a blacksmith, you build a woodcutter, mm-hmm. you you make farms. It's it's a fun game and, and it goes through seasons so you have to save up your food for the winter and if you don't have enough food people die and i had a i had thought years ago i'm like i would love to have a game where i could make richfield <laughs> i'd start it you know you know in the center of town or whatever and then it would expand and just like you'd, you'd get a mill and you'd get whatever and this game allows you to do it it's called banished all right it's it's fun and it's very addictive as well. That's a PC game. It's a PC game. Well, back to bringing it all back around again. Do they have a, a latest version of Railroad Tycoon? They have. I think there've been four installments of Railroad Tycoon. Uh-huh. I think they've had three. Railroad Tycoon one, two, and three, and then they had one called Sid Meier's Railroads uh-huh. with an exclamation mark. <laughs> but I bought that. In fact, I think I have it right down there. Somewhere. And Nolan likes to play that game. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it is. Railroads! Remember? No. Okay. <laughs> you don't remember. It's a it's a good game. Mm-hmm. It's, I still love Railroad Tycoon, the first one. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, there's something about... Well, your brain is trains. not wired to, to like that because you were playing at age 17, 18. Yeah. While your brain's still developing. Uh, so you... There's something about that that gives you a dopamine rush every time you play it. Yeah. Wade, what's your favorite game to play? Minecraft. Minecraft. You love Minecraft. I, I don't know, Jack, did you get into Minecraft ever? Um, like, I just did it when my cousin came over. Like, for, like, I just played for, like, five hours straight. Uh-huh. When he came over, but never really 
Yeah, our kids love love playing Minecraft. Nolan's starting to, I think Nolan's starting to outgrow it a little bit. He doesn't like to play it as much as he used to, right? You want to play it all the time. This cousin that Jack is talking about just graduated from high school in, uh, in the Anthony Wayne School District. Uh, t- top of his class, by the way. But he and a group of his friends, you know, at the, at the end of the year, then they all used to play Minecraft when it came out. This group got together and... Um, they're putting their money in and creating a realm. Is that what it's called? Realm. So even 18-year-old kids are still playing with it. Yeah. I mean, it's a great great game for building and creating, and you can do all kinds of cool things. And thinking long-term strategy, I imagine. Is that right? We made a camper. You made a camper? From Minecraft. And, I mean, there's a PC version that's a little, it's more powerful than the console versions that that Wade likes to play. But you can like play in the same world with each other over the internet, and yeah, I it's, think that's what the, these yeah. kids are planning on doing. And you can like build mobies, which are mobile things. I I don't know. I'm not. I yeah. I played for a little bit, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. this is making me sick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watch it, and I, and I look at it, and they say, Dad, you'd love this, and I go, I, I don't know. There's there's something that I think might be a generational thing. And then all the YouTube videos. Watching people play Minecraft. <laughs> that is insane. <laughs> we could we could get into a whole discussion on YouTube. I do watch some YouTube Civilization games. I've never done that. There's some that are cool called AI Battles. So uh-huh. what they'll do is in Civ Five, uh, you can mod the game. That's another big thing oh. of Civilization. You can modify it and build your own civilizations and uh, build your own units and buildings and stuff and incorporate them into the game. So that's one of the reasons civilization has been so popular. But there's a AI battle, artificial intelligence, where the computer, the guy set up 60 civilizations on an earth map and just let it, a simulation run. And who's going to come out on top? And they, he set it for only domination victory. So you can't win by culture or anything else. The other civilizations just have to battle each other. Mm-hmm. So it's a battle royale. It is. That's what they called it, uh-huh. battle royale. And it's just fascinating watching <laughs> this this computer civs expand and you know things grow and contract, grow and contract. Yeah, conquer each other and. Wow. Who won? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's still going on. <laughs> The one I, I started watching one not too long ago. I don't know if I ever finished the one. This was last year, so I don't quite remember. This was before Civ Six came out. So ever since Civ Six came out, I've just been focused mm-hmm. on, on Civ Six. But the, the 60, 60 Civilization Battle Royale was on Civ Five. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the Middle Eastern empires was really doing well. Mm-hmm. Or and may there was one in Africa too that was doing well. The Moors, I think. Oh, well, the Moors—that's in the history of the entire world. Is it? Into Europe for a while. Like Maybe it was the Boers. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had the Moors and you had the Boers. B O H R, I think it was. Yeah, that, I think that's uh, more in South Africa. Yeah. Okay. I think it was uh, South Africa. Yeah. They had kind of spread up and started taking people out because I think they had a special unit that really did some damage okay so i would like to be iceland <laughs> an island nation <laughs> leave me alone just i just sit there with the fish for the first hundred turns and mm-hmm. i don't know just hang out and well all, all these are things come back to strategy and um yeah, it's a great thing it's, it's just a fun thing to learn i think i think i think the ultimate strategy game though does come back to chess if you enjoy all these games Probably well, your brain is set up to think a certain way, and uh, maybe that's why you, you you are you like chess. Well, you do. Sure. Yeah. My dad taught me chess when I was a kid. He used to play a lot of chess, and he actually had a book. I remember growing up. I rem- I can envision it still on the bookshelf, mm-hmm. but I hadn't played in years, so I'm like. You can play chess on the on the computer, so I'm like, I'm gonna go play chess on the computer, and I lost in like 
eight turns or something. <laughs> I was awful. What happened to my horse you got? <laughs> yeah, what's that castle rook thing? But I, yeah, I still remember the moves, but I don't, I don't have any good strategy. Jack would just demolish me. Yeah, he, he just d destroys me. We were playing a couple times, and I'm not good. You know, I, I, I know, basically, I react to how other people play. And he just blew me up like an asteroid hitting the earth. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a very proud but humbling moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did this happen? You know what? It's almost like he's making me do. He knows what I'm going to move. Yeah. And he, and he's forcing me to move a certain way. So. That's what all the greats do. Yeah. You know what? You but and I can still take you at basketball. <laughs> no, you're all right. But... I'm terrible at basketball, and I'm terrible at chess. You and I should play chess. Uh -huh. For the right to lose to Jack. Okay. <laughs> whoever wins gets to get lose destroyed. to Jack. It's kind of like the whoever plays Golden State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of the South Richfield Podcast. Remember, uh, you can download all these games that we've been talking about. Civilization 6 VI and 5 and 4. And I even think the older ones are available on Steam Workshop on your PC. You don't know about Steam, but I'll show you. But uh, check us out on Facebook, South Richfield, in your search bar up top. Go to Twitter, at South Richfield. And, and on the iTunes store, search for South Richfield. Leave us a uh, review, a five-star review. Uh, get the word out there about the greatness of software. Yeah. And Twitter. Or I already said Twitter. Yeah. Say it again. Nobody ever, nobody follows us on Twitter. I think we have 13 followers. Well, I got to admit, I didn't have a Twitter account to follow us. So, so I don't know what's happening. Oh, I remember what I was missing. Uh, Southridgefield at gmail.com. If you want to send us a, a listener email and tell us some of your favorite games to play. And maybe you, you'll want to play us online at Civilization FIFA or something else. We can all sit around uh, our egg drinks and <laughs> sitting around those places. Oh, oh, that sounds like a, a wonderful evening. So, all right, everyone, have a good night. Peace out, South Richfield. <laughs> <laughs>